Good evening. Hope all of you are doing well. Tonight we're learning Masecha Sukkah, Daf Nunhe. Um, as a scheduling note and a schedule change, our scene will be on time tomorrow night here in the base medrash. Anyone who wishes to join could please uh, send me or give me $15 and I will arrange for the food. Uh, Rabbi Schechter will be making the seum in memory of his father, uh, whose yortzeit is Taka Wednesday night, Thursday, which works out uh, beautifully. Uh, anyways, I prefer that other people do the seum, so win-win. Rabbi Schechter will be bringing some extra food as well. If you'd like to join, please Venmo uh, uh, to my name, or you can send Chase QuickPay to my cell phone, or you can bring cash, check. I just don't take credit cards. That's uh, that's where I stop. This, this is Thursday. No, this is going to be tomorrow night. Tomorrow. Yeah, Thursday is going to be a it's going to be a blot and a half of the new Masechta Masechta's Beitza. We're right now six seven lines from the bottom of Nundal Adam Beis, uh, the second of the wide lines. Yesterday we learned the sheet of Rav Acha. Rav Acha was of the opinion that when a person has two korbanos musaf on a particular day, he as well has two sets of tkios on that day. Now, we batted around his sheet a little bit yesterday to try and figure it out. It wasn't really working out so well. And today we're going to continue that until we reject his sheet altogether. Seven lines from the bottom says the Gemara Mesive, we have a kashi against Rav Acha's shita, that when there are multiple korbanos musaf, that you have to then bring, uh, you have to then have two sets of tekios. What is the shaila against him? Says the Gemara. Rosh Chodesh Shechalios B'Shabbos. When you have Rosh Chodesh, which has one Korban Mosav, and you have Shabbos, which is a separate Korban Mosav, so then what do we do with the shear of that day as it relates to these two Korbanos Mosav? So shear shall Rosh Chodesh, Doche shear shall Shabbos. So the halacha seems to be from this b'risa that the shear that we would have said for Rosh Chodesh is Doche, it overrides the shear shall Shabbos. Now the Gemara is making an assumption here that there's a relationship between the shear shall Shabbos and the tkios, and therefore as follows. It seems to be that if you have your two korbanos, Rosh Chodesh and Shabbos, that Rosh Chodesh wins and Shabbos loses, implying that there's only one Musaf that gets tkios, implying that Rav Acha is wrong. The Isa, if you would want to say that Rav Acha is correct, that every time there's a korban, there's a separate set of tkios, if that's true, then Lema de Shabbos, Vilema de Rosh Chodesh, then the Brisa should not have said that Rosh Chodesh is Doche Shabbos, that the shear that is sung during the Korban Musa should be uh, of Rosh Chodesh should override that of Shabbos. We should have both of them. So maybe we should assume, therefore, that this Brisa proves that Rav Acha is wrong. Amar of Safra, Rav Safra says, no, you cannot learn that from here. My doche, when the Brisa says that the shear of Rosh Chodesh is doche, the shear of Shabbos, what did it mean? The Gemara answers, doche lekodem, it means it pushes it to be the first in line. Not that we only say Rosh Chodesh instead of Shabbos, but we actually say the shear of Rosh Chodesh first, followed by the shear of Shabbos, therefore substantiating or making possible for the sheet of Rav Acha to exist, that each korban has its own, uh, its own entity, of its own uh, reality of tzikios. So says the Gemara, that's very weird. If you have two things, uh, why would we do the thing that's less common first? You have Rosh Chodesh and Shabbos. Shabbos happens every seven days. Rosh Chodesh happens every 29 or 30 days. So says the Gemara, Ve'amai. why would Rosh Chodesh, why would Rosh Chodesh, the, the shear for Rosh Chodesh, why would that come before Shabbos? Asks the Gemara based on the famous principle, Tadir v'she'eno Tadir, Tadir Kodem. When you have two things and you're trying to put them in sequence, and one of them is Tadir, one of them is commonplace, and the other is less commonplace, the one that's Tadir should be first. Why then do we have it that Rosh Chodesh is being put before Shabbos? 
where four lines from the bottom on Nadal and Amid the Gemara says, the reason why we had to put the Shir of Rosh Chodesh first was to calm and allay some of the fears of some of the people in the crowd. Uh, sorry, so that everyone will know that in fact Rosh Chodesh was Nikba, was established properly. And therefore, you're right. Generally speaking, we employ the rule of Tadr Rishenu, Tadr Tadr Kodem. And had it been that that rule applied in this case, we would have had the Korban of Shabbos taking place before the Korban of Rosh Chodesh. But here, because we had uh, a reason to deviate from that normal rule of Tadir, here we had to show that there was a Kviyas to the Rosh Chodesh, therefore we did the one that was Rosh Chodesh first. Says the Gemara, hold on one second. The high Hekera of Dinan, is this the Heker? Is this the thing that we do to indicate that that Rosh Chodesh actually was established properly. After all, we have another one. We have another one. The Mishnah writes, when it comes to the fats of the Tamid Shel Shachar, I'll just say right now that the line we need is at the bottom of the page and another line from here, but we'll learn a couple of other Nikudos first. The Brisa opens in regards to the fats of the Tamid Shel Shachar. Where were they put? They were put on the ramp, on the lower half of the ramp, to the east side, away from the Heichal. That's what we did with the fats. What about Bishal Musafin? Of Musafin, what did we do with those body parts? Nisnen Mechatsi Kevesh Ulemata. That was also put on the lower half of the ramp, but Bimairav, on the western side. Bishal Rosh Chodesh, and this is the one that we need, Bishal Rosh Chodesh, what did we do with the parts of the animal for Rosh Chodesh? Says the Gemara, Nisnen Tachas, they were placed in a unique and uncommon place. Where did we put the body parts of the animal that was shechted for Rosh Chodesh? They were placed toward the top of the Mizbech. The Kharkov was like the threshold between the top of the ramp where it then flattens out and meets the Mizbech. So that is where we put them. And that's not really where it should have been. And as we turn to the top of Nunheim and Aleph, the Gemara says, the Amar of Yochanan, the reason why we put the body parts of the Korban Rosh Chodesh at the top of the ramp is to show us a heker that really Rosh Chodesh was established properly. So that, goes, that, that really poses our question. You wanted to say on the uh, toward the bottom of the page that the reason why in the Brisa, seven lines from the bottom of the page, the reason why the Shir, the Shir Shal Yom of Rosh Chodesh was said before the Shir Shal Yom of Shabbos, even though Rosh Chodesh is less common than Shabbos, the reason why was to remind us that Rosh Chodesh was in fact established correctly. So the Gemara says, but we already had that. We had it somewhere else. We knew from the placement of the body parts of the animals that Rosh Chodesh was hukba because it was placed up by the, by the top of the Mizbeach. So says the Gemara, good. So we have two reminders. Yeah, sometimes you set two alarms when you need to get yourself out of bed. And sometimes you have another person wake you up. Says the Gemara, Trey Hakera Avdinan. We have two things that are showing us that in fact Rosh Chodesh was established correctly. The Chazi Hai Chazi, one who sees this one will see this one. The Chazi Bahai Chazi, the one who sees this one will see this one. It doesn't make a difference. So we tried to reject the Shita of Rav Acha and we were unable to do so, but we're going to try again. And this time we have a very, very direct source against Rav Acha. Let's review again. Rav Acha was of the opinion that whenever two days coincided, where each of those two days had a Korban Musaf. And therefore on that day, let's say Rosh Chodesh, that falls out to be on Shabbos, you're supposed to bring two Korbanos Musaf. So the halacha is that with each of those Korbanos Musaf, Rav Acha posited that you should say nine tkios for each of them, totaling 18 sets. 
So it says the Gemara, three lines down, hold on one second. Tatani Rava Bar Shmuel. Rava Bar Shmuel brought a brisa. Yachol, you might have thought she, uh, that Kishem Shetoken al Shabbos Bifnei Atzmo, Ve'al Rosh Chodesh Bifnei Atzmo, just like when Shabbos is by itself and it has a korban, you blow tekios, and had it been Rosh Chodesh by itself that you would blow tekios, maybe we would assume Kachayu Token al Kol Musaf Musaf, we would also do that whenever they coincide. This is basically Ravacha's Shita, right? It's exactly what he says. Talmud Lomar that Ravacha is wrong, because the Pasuk says, So what do we see? Ravacha wanted to say that whenever you have two or even three days where the Korban Musaf coincide and they're happening at one right after the other sequentially on that day, that each of them gets a set of, a set of tkios, the Brisa says is specifically and explicitly not like Ravacha. So it says the Gemara using well-known language, Tiyufta de Rabbi Acha, Tiyufta. This is an excellent rejection of Rabbi Acha. Why? Because Rabbi Acha is saying something that's literally the opposite of a brisa. The brisa says, you might have thought you have two sets of tekios. You don't. What did Rabbi Acha say? You have two sets of tekios. Tiyufta, the Ravacha, Tiyufta. So now the Gemara is a little bothered by this brisa because the brisa doesn't give much more than the words, Uvro Shechem. How do the words, Uvro Shechem, teach us that you only have one set of tekios and not two? Because that's what the brisa indicated. Answers the Gemara with a couple of different answers. Six lines down on Hayyam Aleph. Amar Abaye. Abaye says, let me teach you how to read the Pasuk. Amar Kra. When the Torah says, we make a comparison between we make a comparison between all of the months of the year. Now, what is common to almost all of the months of the year? What's common is that they usually don't coincide with Shabbos. Most Rosh Chodeshes don't coincide with Shabbos. Just think about the math. If Shabbos, let's say the first uh, the first uh, Rosh Chodesh of the year is Shabbos, and it's every 29 or 30 days, then the next Rosh Chodesh is going to be Sunday or Monday. The next one's going to be Monday or Tuesday. Tuesday. It takes, it's very rare. It, it happens, it's, but it's very rare. So the Gemara says, Abaye explains, eight, nine lines down on Nunei Amadalat, he says, when the Bryce says of Rosh Chodesh, it's teaching us to look at all of the Rosh Chodeshes as what is the most common of them? And having multiple korbanos is uncommon. And that's what means. But Ravashi gives a different answer. Ravashi Amar Ksiv, the way that the word is written is without a yud, chod shechem. The Pasuk reads chod shechem in the plural, but it's read, the way that it looks, the way that it appears without the letter yud is chod shechem, uksiv uvroshe. It's an interesting Pasuk. Now let's read the Pasuk according to his uh, interpretation instead of saying uvroshe chod shechem, it's uvroshe chod shechem in the heads of your singular month. And says the Gemara, ve'eze chodesh sheyeshlo shnei roshin. What month is it that has two heads, two parts to that? To that, have omer. What is right up upon us next week? Emir Hashem, have omer ze Rosh Hashanah. What do we know about Rosh Hashanah? That on that day, even though it's true that it's also Rosh Chodesh and Rosh Hashanah, which have different chibim, we only bring one korban. Right? That's what it seems from here, at least. So says the Gemara, this is an excellent rejection of the Shita of Rav Acha, and we had a little trouble understanding the Brisa. What does it mean of Rosh Chodeshem? Abaye and Ravashi gave their answers. The Odin, furthermore, we have more evidence that rejects Rav Acha. Tanya, we have a Brisa that reads, Becholo Shalmoed, 
In Chol HaMoed, what Shir Shal Yom do we say on each of these days? We don't do this, but this is what the Brisa writes. On Chol HaMoed, what uh, Shir Shal Yom do we say on day one? Berishon al-Mohayu Omrim. So the paragraph they would say was, Havu Lashem B'nei Elim. B'sheni Mohayu Omrim. On the second day of Chol HaMoed, what Shir Shal Yom would we read? Ule Rosha Amar Elokim. A different paragraph to Helen. B'shlishi on the third day, Mohayu Omrim, we read, Mi Akum Li'im Mere'im. This is what we say on Wednesdays. Berivi uh, Mahayu Omrim on the fourth day, of Cholamoid, what was the Shir Shayom? Bino Boarim Ba'am. Okay. And Bachamishi Mahayu Omrim, what was the Shir Shayom of that day? Hasirosim Isebel Shechmov, Kapav Miduta Avorna. Bashishi on the sixth day, what would we say? Mahayu Omrim, Yimotu Komosade Aretz. And now here is the key line. The Imchal Shabbos Be'echad Mehem. If Shabbos coincides with any of these days of Cholamoid, the halacha is Yimotu Yidche. We, we get rid of one of the Tehillims. We get rid of them, showing that Shabbos, the Korban Musaf of Shabbos and of Cholamoid, they, they, they clash. They clash with one another. And again, a strong rejection of Ravacha, who wanted to say that they have separate worlds, and each of them is going to be able to have their own tekios. So now, how do we remember all the Shir Shalyom? The Gemara presents a mnemonic here. We're two-thirds of the way down, about 12 lines or so from the bottom of the page. Rav Safra, manach buhu simona, Humbahi sounds like a like an African word. It says I don't speak African, but it sounds like that, right? I pick another language. It says humbahi. It's hey vav mem base hey yud. Go look through all the psukim from day one till the end. You'll see that it matches matches very well. Rav Papa he had a little different one. He didn't say that it was humbahi mem base hey in the middle, but he said it's humhabi. Rav Papa manachbu simna humhabi. He felt that the fourth and fifth ones were switched around. You can look back in the psukim to see how they align. How do we know which one we paskin like? So the Gemara uses a catchphrase that they used to have back in the day that includes the name of Rav Safra and something similar to his acronym. Says the Gemara, how should we remember how we hold? Ambuha de Sifre. And Ambuha de Sifre means a gathering or a convoy of Sifre, of teachers. Now, Sifre is like Safra, and the Mem and the Bays and the Hay here are organized like the Shita of Rav Safra. And therefore, based on this mnemonic, it's very, it seems clear that we hold like that. Now, what we see from here, from a few lines up, is that because when Shabbos coincides with one of these days, we push off the Shir Shayom of that day for Shabbos, Tiyuvta Duravacha Barchanina, Tiyuvta, we reject him entirely. So says the Gemara, all right. Look, you've done a really good job of pushing against Ravacha, but I have one last question for you. The problem with Ravacha's shita, even though in logic it may be difficult, the problem is that his Mari Makomos are excellent, first caliber sources. When, Rav, when Ravacha quotes his shita, if you were to look back on, on uh, Nundala Manalik, where his shita is first quoted, which is halfway down, he came with a brysa. The Gemara says they're halfway down, that Ravacha came from the south and he brought a brysa, and his brysa had a pasuk and a drasha. So asks the Gemara, all right, we're having a hard time with him, but six lines from the bottom, how are you undoing his source? It's fine if you don't agree with him, but he has gorgeous marimakomos. If he's going to say that, that, that the two korbanos musaf should be treated separately, and he has a pasuk in chumash, and mamish a brisa that match exactly what he's saying, you, you, you have to answer that question. It's a great question. So says the Gemara, I can answer that question in two different ways. Says the Gemara, five, six lines in the bottom, Amar Avina, how should I understand the sources of Ravacha? The pasuk that Ravacha had used as quoted on the previous page was Uvnei Aharon HaKoanim Yizki'u So how do we answer that? Shema'arichim 
All it means is that they were ma'arich, that they had longer tekios, but not that they should be uh, all, each one distinct in their own right to get their own tekios. Rabbanan de Kesari mishmid Rabacha, the Rabbanan of Kesari answering in the name of Rabacha Amre, they said, Lomar Shemar Bebetoken, that uh, the Pasuk means that Yizke'u in the plural, that they had a lot of people who were tokea. It wasn't just one person who was about tokea, they had a lot of people being tokea. Good, end of sugya. And Bikisar Nimrat, we reject the shita. Of um, we reject the shita of Rav Ravacha Barchanina, seemingly from the flow of the Gemara, and his shita that we have a separate set of tekios for each korban musaf is rejected. You are all familiar with the liturgy, with the sitter that we have in Chol Hamoy. And those of us uh, who live in America, live in Chutzlaretz, when we say the psukim in Chol Hamoid Musaf, we always say for two days during Chol Hamoid, Vayom HaSheni Vayom HaShlishi, Vayom HaShlishi Vayom HaRavi, Vayom HaRavi Vayom HaChamishi. Why do we do that? We do that because of what we refer to as Sveka the Yoma. We're not exactly sure. We are now calendarically sure. But back in the day, we're not exactly sure as to when Kaviyah the Yarcha was, when Rosh Chodesh actually started. And because of that, we keep two days of Yontif. But if you keep two days of Yontif, it's a bizayon to the second day of Yontif to also read the Psukim as though it might be Chol Hamoid. That's not respectful. So what we do is on the second day of Yontif, we read the Psukim for the first day of Yontif, and we don't read the second day, the Chol Hamoid Psukim on that day. We push them off to day three and then read days, read days two and three or three and four and four and five and five and six. This, these next four lines, it's not long, but these next four lines is that whole conversation. The Anon, those of us in Babel, the Islan Treyome, for those of us who keep two days, Hechi Avdinan, how do we go about reading the Psukim in the Shmona Esrei for Mosa? Abaye Amar Sheni Yidche, Abaye says, we just end up omitting the psukim for what would be day two, namely the first day of Cholam. We omit those psukim completely because there's no easy way to solve it. You can't say them on day two when you're keeping two days of Yantif because it's a, it's a zilzil of Yantif. That's not right. And then by the time you get to the next day, it's for sure not that day anymore. So we just skip it all together. No, we do read day two. However, on day seven, we end up skipping day seven. So he would just stagger. He would say that on day, uh, on day, the third day of Sukkot, which is our first day of Cholamoid, we'd read days two and three, and we'd end up skipping the seventh day's reading. Tanya Kavase, the Rava, the Brisa seems to write like Rava, that we would, of course, push off, supporting his Shita, that it's Shvi, it's at the end, and it would push off, that's Yimotu, that it would, uh, that it would be pushed off. But we don't paskin like either of these Shitas. We paskin like these last six words on the page, five words on the page, Iskin Amemar Benaharda, Amemar was in Naharda, and Iskin, he made a Takana. That we would have this kind of overlapping. If this is two and three and four and five, we would do this. We would have, right? But you have like over here, you're reading two days. And the next one, you're reading the next two days. And it's always reading two partios at a time, even though it's not really Svaradik, because it can't be both days. It can only be one of those days. But because of Sveka de Yoma and because of our need to read the Psukim of that Korban Mamish during, the, during Mosaf, we therefore add both. And that's why we have our Sidurim the way that they are, based on this explanation of Amemar at the bottom of the page. That brings us to the top of Nun Hayam Bays to a Mishnah. For those of you who don't have sheets, highly recommend it. It's a totally separate Chag. In what regard? Isn't there an overlap that it could be the last day of Sukkot? So that's, interestingly, that's the Shita. And it's not Cholamoy, though. That day, right, we don't, we don't treat it that way. That sounds more rough. What? Sounds, sounds a lot more like rough. Sounds a lot more like her. But we, we don't read that. It, we, we treat it as Yantif Mamish. Yeah.
Apa? Iya. Well, this chart was not made by an accountant, so don't get too excited. It's my extensive Excel knowledge. So I'm done now. All right. I sent this out to those of you who are not here. It's on WhatsApp. Just a little bit of a, a little chart to explain things. Okay. The Torah tells us that when it comes to the holiday of Sukkot, that we are obligated to bring uh, on day one, as you look in the chart, on day one of Sukkot, you bring 13 bulls, and it lowers one number every day throughout the Chag, until on the seventh day of Sukkot, you end up bring, bringing seven bulls. As well, on each of those days, there were uh, three other korbanos, as we will soon see in our Mishnah. So looking in column three, the number of total animals that were sacrificed on those days the number of, of bulls that were sacrificed plus the other korbanos is 16, 15, 14, 13, 12, 11, 10. However, there were also the korbanos musaf. The korbanos musaf were brought every day. They're separate of the bulls. Those are, were kvasim. And that was 14 animals that stayed consistent every day. So here's how things worked out. I'm going to say this outside, and then we're going to learn the Mishnah. Because when I learned the Mishnah, not knowing what I was talking about, I had no clue what was going on. It took... Uh, Kahati helped me, and Art Scroll helped me, and the share that I was listening to helped me. It was a little very hard to figure out. So, um, so here is the, the way things work. On day one, uh, there were the 13 bulls, and throughout the Chag, all 24 Mishmaros of Kohanim were active. And each of those Mishmaros took uh, one of the Korbanos of the bulls. So let's say on day one, they, they took, took one of the 16. If you look in column four, there were 16 animals. So look in the top, what does it say? Number of Mishmaros for the bulls and other Korbanos. So they did 13 plus three. Of the 24 Mishmaros, 16 of the Mishmaros took one of the Korbanos in columns two and three on day one. So they did 16. How many Mishmaros are left? Eight. So the remaining Mishmaros of eight were the eight Mishmaros they were the ones who brought the korbanos of the kvasim. And then on day two, where we lowered the number of bulls, so then now there's only 12 bulls, three other korbanos. Instead of 16 like it was on day one, there's only 15 mishmaros that are working, which means that now instead of there being only eight mishmaros left, there are nine left to give out the korbanos that are kvasim. And because of that, you, the rest of the chart should then uh, start to make sense. We're going to read through the Mishnah now. And with that as a background, uh, hopefully we will have uh, some excellent clarity here. We'll be stopping at the Mishnah toward the bottom of this page. Um, and then uh, I already mentioned this, but I'll say it again while we're here, that uh, the Siyum will be tomorrow night instead of Thursday night. Tomorrow is the actual night of the Siyum, which is what it should be. We'll be having it here in the base Medrash. Rabbi Shechter will be doing the Siyum in memory uh, of his father. Tomorrow night will actually be his yurt site. Anyone who'd like to join is gonna, uh, welcome to pay $15. I've got some cash up here already. Venmo, chase quickly. Please feel free to, to be me. Starif would love to have all of you. It'll be here in the base Medrash, regular time, 840, followed by a Siyum uh, and a Suda to follow. All right, let's learn the Mishnah. Yom Tov Harishon Shelchai. On the first day of Sukkot, Hayusham Yud Gimel Parim. On that day, there were 13 Parim. And what were the other couple of Korbanos? Elim Shnaim Usi'ir Echad. That number stayed consistent on every day. But on day one, there was the 13 Parim plus these other three Korbanos, which is 16. So the first 16 of the 24 Mishmaros would shecht one of each of these animals. Fine. There, if, the 16, if 16 Mishmaros were taken care of and there were 24 Mishmaros, there are eight Mishmaros left. What did the eight Mishmaros do? The 14 kvasim for the Korban Musaf, who took care of that? That was the Shmona Mishmaros for the remaining eight. 
Now the Mishnah is going to go through each day. And as I read, if you scan over day one, then all of this will hopefully make sense. Day one, day two, day three. Here's Bioma Rishon. Bioma Rishon, we saw uh, Shisha Makrivin Shneimasar. On the first day, we know that there were uh, that, uh, that the first 16 animals were taken care of, and there are 14 karbonos that need to be shechted by the remaining eight mishmaros. So says the Gemara, Biyom Rishon, on the first day where there were 14 karbonos and eight uh, and eight mishmaros left, how did they get to 14? Well, Shisha, the first six of the eight, Makrivin Shnaim Shnaim, the first six groups would do two each, so that's six times two is 12. And the last two of the eight would each bring one, 14 plus two is 16. Uh, 14, no, 12 plus two, excuse me, is 14. So there was Shisha, Makrivin Shnaim Shnaim, six uh, of the mishmaros would each bring two. And then the remaining two mishmaros would each bring one, and that totals 14. Bishani, on the second day in the chart, where we now have uh, only 15 people who, 15 mishmaros who did korbanos. So Bishani, then, then how did we do the 14 korbanos of the kvasim? Chamisha makrivin, five of the uh, nine, of the now nine remaining mishmaros. Five of the nine would be makriv shnayim shnayim, and that brings us to 10. And the remaining four would each do echad echad, and that brings us to again the total of 14. And that's how we got all of the korbanos kvasim done. What about Bishlishi? What about on the third day? On the third day, there was one less bull. There were only 11 bulls left. So there were a total of 14 mishmaros who ended up doing the first 14 korbanos. How did we end up doing the 14 kvasim? Says the Gemara Bishlishi on the third day. Uh, Dalid, four uh, were makrivin, shnaim uh, shnaim. Four of the mishmaros each did two, so that brings us to eight. And uh, we still have another six. We have six more uh, mishmaros, each of them doing one to bring us to a total of 14 kvasim. But Ravi, on the fourth day, uh, on the fourth day, where we don't have 13, 12, or 11 bulls, we only have 10. And in order to take care of the primary korbanos, we only needed 13 mishmaros. That means that we had 11 mishmaros left to do 14 korbanos. How did that work out? But Ravi, when we were on the fourth day, then shlosha makrivin shnaim shnaim, then three of the mishmaros would each uh, sacrifice two of the kvasim, three times two is six. And we said that there was going to be a total of 11 mishmaros. So each of the remaining eight mishmaros, v'ashar echad echad, and six plus eight is 14. And Bachamishi on the sixth day, where now we only have nine bulls and a total of 12 korbanos that day, that means that we have 12 mishmaros available to do the 14 kvasim. So Bachamishi on that fifth day, when we had 12, korban, 12 mishmaros available for 14 kvasim, Bachamishi on that fifth day, shnayim makrivin shnayim, two of the mishmaros would each bring two, that's four. And then because on that day we, uh, we had 12, so then we have an, an additional 12 mishmaros, we have an additional 10, Bachar, echad, echad, and four. Two times two, which is four, plus an additional 10 equals 14, the number of kvasim. Bishishi, on the sixth day, where we only had eight bulls, we had a total of 11 total mishmaros taking care of those first 11 animals. That means that we had 13 mishmaros left to give 14 korbanos. What did we do? Echad makriv shnaim. One of the mishmaros would bring two animals, the hashe'ar, and the remaining animals the remaining uh, 12 would end up bringing one each, and two plus 12 is going to be 14 yet again. But on the last day, took a, take a look at the last line. 
On the, on the seventh day of Sukkot, how many bulls were there? Only seven. And seven plus three is 10. That means we had 14, uh, 14 um, groups to bring 14 klasim. So therefore, each of them just brought one. The Shvi, Kulan, Shavin. Everyone gave the same exact amount of one each. I know that's a little confusing. Uh, you should do some chazar on this. And after a, a couple of times, it starts to click. Um, and this chart should hopefully be somewhat helpful. The Shmini, on the eighth day, now it's Shmini Atzeres, right? Because Sukkot is over. What did we do on the eighth day for Korbanos? So it says the Gemara, Bashmini Chazri Lepayis Kibiragal. And we learned this already. There was a new pious, there was a new lottery in regards to how, uh, who, I should say, of the Mishmaros would have what to do. And therefore, it was totally new and not part of this counting at all. That's why our chart ends at seven, because there was nothing to talk about. Amru, they said, Parim Hayom Lo If there was someone who had the opportunity to Shech the Par on one of the days of Sukkot, then on the next day, he shouldn't Shech the Par. You should check something else uh, so that they wouldn't do them uh, one day after another. It goes in a loop. Basically, all of the korbanos that we have, the param are, uh, we, we don't want to do the same korban twice in a row. Uh, this is a discussion in the Rishonim, uh, but that is what the Gemara says. And that brings, what the Mishnah says, excuse me, that brings us to the Gemara on Nunheim Bays at the last of the short lines. And the Gemara says, Maybe we should say that our Mishnah is like the Sheet of Rebbe and not like the Rabbanon. Why? What does Rebbe say? Titania, the Brysa writes, If there is a cow that is brought on the eighth day, there is going to be a lottery. That's what our Mishnah said. Our Mishnah said that Bishmini So that makes perfect sense that Rebbe would be like our Mishnah. What do the Chachamim say that doesn't fit with our Mishnah? The Chachamim Omrim, Achas Mishte Mishmaros Delo Shalshu Beparim Oseoso. He says that one of two uh, of the Mishmaros, they would not have an opportunity to do the par three times. Now, if you sit there and do the math, there were 70, it's not, there were 70, if you add up all the bulls, 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, add them up, that will total 70. So if you have 24 Mishmaros, so then it's not quite three times, right? It's not quite three times. Everyone got to do it twice. But the last couple of Mishmaros didn't get to do that. That's what this price is saying. One of the two Mishmaros to Lo Shalshu, they didn't get to do this three times. So that shows us that the Chachamim don't seem to work like our Mishnah, because our Mishnah says that it was a goral, that there was a lottery. But the Chachamim say, it's not a lottery. Whatever you get, you get. And therefore, maybe our Mishnah is like Rebbe and not like the sheets of the Rabbanon. Says the Gemara, no, afilu We could even say it's like the Rabbanon. Whatever groups are left that had not done uh, a par for the third time, that their Mishmar had not shechted a par for the third time, so they did a, they did a pious for those two groups. And therefore, there still was a pious. And therefore, this, our Mishnah could be understood even according to the Rabbanon. Says the Gemara, okay, that's good. Let's take a look now at the following brisa and see um, how to understand it. Says the Gemara, just about halfway down on Nun Hayam Bez. Keman Azla, like who does the following brisa go like? Keman Azla Hadatanya, as follows. Kol HaMishmaros, Shonos, Umishal Shos. All of the Mishmaros got to do the Shechita of the Par at least twice. Umishal Shos, uh, and even three times. Chutz Mishne Mishmaros, Shoshonos, Vein Mishal Shos. There were two groups, like we saw earlier, that could only have the opportunity to bring the par 
korban twice, but they wouldn't be able to do it three times. So name a rabbi Maybe we should also say, as we said before, that this brisa seems to be like the shita of rabbi and not like the shita of the rabbanon. Answers the Gemara, Afilu We could even say that it's like the Rabbanan. My lo shilshu, what shilshu, what does it mean that they didn't get to do this for the third time, says the Gemara bepri hachag in regards to Sukkis. But they may very well have had the opportunity to do another korban when it came to Shmini Atzeres. Umay kamash malan, what does all of this come to teach us? Hakamash malan, mishihikrib parm hayom, lo yakrib lamachar, that someone who brings the par today should not bring the par tomorrow. And it shows you, how do we know that? Because they went in order, one, two, uh, mishmar one, mishmar Mishmar 2, Mishmar 3, they went in order so that it ended up being that only at the end, some of the groups ended up not doing it three times. It wasn't like, oh, I'm Mishmar 1, so I do day 1, 2, 3. I get to do 3. No, it's not like that. It went in, se- in sequential order, and that's what this Mishnah is coming to teach us. Amar Ibelazar, Hani Shivim Parim connected me. We're moving into Ashkafa territory. The Gemara says, Ribelazar was, uh, Ribelazar says, when we bring the 70 parm, because as mentioned, if you look at the chart in column two, 13 plus 12 plus 11 plus 10 plus 9 plus 8 plus 7, the number of korbanos brought on Sukkis was 70. There were 70 bulls. We just discuss like the Romanian factor here of how much animal that is. It is tens of thousands of pounds of meat. And that's just the cows. Forget about all the other animals because there were 14 klasim a day. That's seven, that's 98 klasim for, for korbanos musaf, a feast, an unbelievable amount of food. Some of them were olos, didn't, didn't all work out. But anyways, the Gemara says, what were these 74? What were these 70 korbanos for? Hani shivim parim, me. what's with the number 70? Says the Gemara, keneged shivim umos, to make sure that the nations of the world will get some degree of benefit. Par yechidi lama. Ah, so what about shmini atzeres? On that day, we don't bring 13, 12, 11, 10, 9, 10, 8, 7. Why did we bring on that day only one? Says the Gemara, uma yechida. That was for the special one. That was for, this, for the unique one. Mashal HaMelech Basarvadam. And the Gemara is going to conclude with this idea. The Mashal is about a flesh and blood king. Sha'amar La'avadav, he says to all of his servants, I'm going to have a beautiful, huge meal. Oh, everyone's invited. And then he says, Omar, but le'ohavo. But for the one that he loves, for the one that he's close to, a quiet candlelit meal, just the two of us. And this is what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says is the mashal. And this is where other Midrashim say that Shemini Atzeres was all about I don't want you to leave me. I want to be with you. With the Shechina, everyone close. Yeah, big party, big party on Sukkot. Come Shemini Atzeres. Candle at dinner, just me and a Kaddish Baruch, or just a Kaddish Baruch and me. Amr of Yochanan, Oy lahem laovde kochavim, Nebach for those who are not of the tribe, Sha'avdu, they lost out, the ain yodin masha'avdu. They didn't even know what they're missing out on. What's the Gemara talking about? Says the Gemara. This man, Shebeis Hamikdash, Kayam, when the Beis Hamikdash was standing, Mizbeach mechaper alein. Then they had the Mizbeach, the Chola Pachos, the 70 that were brought were mechaper on the Umos Olam. But when the base of Mikdash was destroyed, who's tending to their knees? Nobody. They, and, but they, they didn't necessarily know. They never learned the Gemara. Hey, the Goyed Rice is not going to sit and learn a Daf Gemara. So how could it even be the case that they would have even known that it was for the Shivim Umos? They had no idea. 
So that's what the Gemara says with this uh, poetic but frightening language. Avdu, Bein Yodin, Masha Avdu, they have no idea what they lost. Baruch Hashem, we're part of the Yechida. We're the ones who are a Kaddish Baruch who says, Kosh and I pray I want to spend private time with you. We have a close relationship. We'll stop right here. Mir Hashem, tomorrow we'll have a Siyum. Any questions, please feel free to reach out. Wishing you all a beautiful night. All right. Back to the